and welcome to Grade 7's Talk to Experts, a podcast where Grade 7 students talk to experts and find out more about their specialty. I'm your host for this episode, Eli, and I'm a student at College Park School in Littlemonster, Alberta. Before we get to our, our expert for this episode, I just want to share a little bit about who we are and what we'll be doing in our podcast. We are a class of 25 Grade 7 students in a non-traditional classroom setting where we are focusing on experiential learning uh, using STEAM, a STEAM approach, that's, that's STEAM, which stands for science, technology, engineering, art, and math. We want to answer that age-old question of why do we have to learn this by directly directly connecting what we study inside the classroom with the world outside of, of the school. For our podcast, students will be contacting an expert that they know in their lives. This person could be an expert in their profession or job in what could traditionally be considered a hobby or an interest. So without further delay, I'm pleased to introduce our expert for this episode, who is an expert at boxing, Austin Burgess. Welcome. Where is... Okay. Um, let's... Let's... Jeez. Um, let's start by getting to know you. Um, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, you betcha. So my name is Austin. Uh, from here, I was born and raised... Can you, sorry, can you just one second? We have to pause or we have to mute our mic as you're talking. Otherwise, we just get feedback. So don't do it yet. Um, He's going to re ask you that question. If you could just restart it, that'd be awesome. Okay. Okay. Ask the question again and then. Let's start by getting to know you. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. No worries. So my name is Austin. I'm a 22 year old from Westminster here. I was born and raised. Um, I started boxing when I was around six to seven years old. However, I really started taking it competitively and coaching especially. Um, right when I hit 15, 16 years old, my father opened boxing club and I ended up buying the boxing. I'm now the manager. I also, so I operate a couple of businesses as far as the Lowminster Boxing Club goes. Um, we have apparel, we have our gym facility, which most people are um, seasoned with, and we have a whole bunch of other things that we like to do throughout our gym, such as volunteer, um, that kind of thing, and that's kind of what I do, is I just manage all of the um, day-to-day operations of the boxing club here in town. That's good. Um, How many people were in your family growing up? Uh, in my family, there was my mother, my father, and then just a little sister, and that's all I basically lived with. Everybody else lived out of town. Uh, what, what is your family like now? Sorry, can you repeat uh, that question? Uh, what is your family like now? Uh, we've all split apart, I guess you could say. Everybody lives in their own house. My sister lives in math. My parents are... Um, my parents live in different houses. My mother lives in Medicine Hat. My father lives here in Lloydminster. And we're all really close still, and everybody is still on good terms. So, yeah. Um, what do you do for fun? <laughs> I wish I had a lot of free time, but my free time is boxing. So, boxing is definitely my free time. Thanks. Um, where did you live as a kid, and what was that like? I lived in Lloydminster here, however, I grew up in a couple of different spots. I was born and raised here in Lloydminster. Um, however, in my high school days, I spent that time as well as college in Medicine Hat. That's where I got my degree in business administration. Um, 
behavioral business management and my minor was accounting. So, um, yeah, but, but all in all, I just grew up in Louisville with a pretty quiet family and yeah. Um, what was school like for you when you were younger? Uh, so I went to Father Gorman. Uh, Father Gorman, I'm sure you guys know about. It's a, it's a nice little school. It was super cool. Um, however, it was more traditional. There wasn't too much for, say, going outside for classes or going on field trips. We did swimming lessons, and I think that was the only thing that we really did in elementary school. Once I got into middle school, which I switched from the Catholic division into the public division, so I went to... Um, I went from Father Gorman to B.S. Laird, and then eventually I went to the Appointments for Comprehensive. And again, it was super cool, especially in high school, as it's right by the way, introducing a whole bunch of what's called electives, um, which I'm not too sure if you guys have them in grade seven. I'm sure you guys have heard about them all, where I get to choose what classes I take. So, um, say, one of my friends was really into photography. They were just announcing the photography class when I was just coming in, and I just heard some stuff like the outdoor stuff, like um, outdoor education and stuff like that. Okay. Um, what do you remember about grade seven specifically? <laughs> grade seven specifically it was actually a cool one because um, my school specifically had a uh, Aboriginal day where we got to do all of the Aboriginal games and stuff like that. And um, for me, I definitely try to educate myself in stuff like Indigenous and uh, Native studies and stuff like that. However, when I was in school, we learned about residential schools here and there, but we didn't learn much about the games of the play, the, um, the traditions that they had, how to make bandits, that kind of thing. That was all stuff that I learned, and I found that very fascinating. That's what my family from grade seven would be. Um, can you tell us a little bit about training boxers? Yeah, so what we do is we put them on, it's really cliche, and it's called the long term athlete. And I'm sure even not. The school teachers uh, learn about this in, um, or put you guys on long-term athlete development plans in school. And basically what I do is I train people right from the start, from K, not knowing how to throw a single punch, not knowing how to speak. Um, and I train them into, okay, this is where your feet go, this is where your hands go, this is how you throw a proper punch. And my biggest thing as a competitive boxing coach is I train people to coach the Olympics in the long run. Um, my goal as a boxing coach is to get somebody from Lloydminster um, into the Olympics. And some of those boxers started when six years old. And I have some um, some people that are grandpas that are stepping into the ring for the first time that are 15, 16 years old. Okay, um, I'm now going to ask Brett to come up and ask a question. Yeah, sure. Hi, my name is Brett, and what's your favorite part about being a boxing coach? Um, hey, Brett, uh, so the best thing that I would probably say about being a boxing coach is just seeing all of these boxers go to where they want to go. I have boxers that are going all the way to Ontario this year. I have boxers going um, to Tampa Bay, Florida. Um, I have people that have gone to Ireland, I have people that are 
figure out where they go and uh, the good thing with it too is it's usually very low cost for a lot of these kids. They don't have very much money, so it's one of those works that is really good for it if you don't have thousands and thousands of dollars because lots of times I pay for travel, so um, lots of times I'll do fundraisers to help boxers go to let's go to the United States for today or something like that. And that's what I really like is because I get to see kids go to places where they would never be able to see if it wasn't for boxing, right? Okay, thank you. Thanks, okay. Um, uh, what does a typical day look like for you? Well, I usually work from uh, six a.m. until about five thirty p.m. and that's how I get job. I work for Montreal agencies for Minister, and I do everything from selling key tabs, like shorts and hangers. Uh, I also drive a bobcat, so one of those giant skid steers, and I also drive tractors and stuff to help develop new stuff. Um, so, like I said, I work from 6 a.m. until 5.30 p.m. at this job, and then from 5.30 p.m. until about 9 p.m. at night, I work at the Moxie Club, or I volunteer at the Okay, um... Thanks. I'm going to have Esme come up and ask a question now. Hi, my name is Esme. And did you ever want to go fight in the UFC or become a coach for the UFC? Yeah, definitely. It's something that I definitely would like to do. Um, people say with UFC is mixed martial arts. So I'm sure even in your guys' class, you have had people that are really good at wrestling and then you have boxers like Eli and stuff like that who are good at different things. Thank you. Um, uh, did you box as a kid, and what was that like? Yeah, yeah, I definitely boxed as a kid. Um, I I boxed all over the place, mostly around Saskatchewan and part of Go Figure. So I went to Regina, Edmonton, and Saskatoon, all of those fancy places. Um, and then I'm also going to places like Vancouver Island. Um, Detroit, Michigan was a really cool one that we went to. And um, yeah, I boxed all over the place and I also coached all over the place. I didn't get very far as a boxer. I found out that I was a little bit of a better coach than I had boxer, so that's when I started most of the box club. And but I definitely did box a little bit as a kid. Um um, has there been a time, has there been times where that you felt discouraged as a boxer and what made you want to keep going? Not necessarily, but I wouldn't be discouraged as a boxer. Uh, the biggest thing for boxers is just showing up. Um, not only that, but boxing is one of those sports where a coach 
Um, but as far as like discouragement goes, a lot of people would think I get discouraged, especially when my options take a lot. Um, when I'm in a ring and I'm cornering, which is just the guy that's in the corner telling the boxer what to do in between rounds, and my boxes are losing fights or matches, I actually not discouraged at all when they lose because that means that they took a really hard match and I don't throw people into the boxing ring unless I think that it's going to be a really good match. I will never put somebody in the ring if I think that they're going to get smoked or if they're going to smoke somebody else, right? Awesome. I'm going to ask Landon to come up and ask a question. Hi, I'm Landon, and did you or do you want to take your job professionally? Hey, Landon. Um, as far as being a full-time training boxers full-time, um, however, boxing as a boxing as a professional, a lot of people don't realize that those people that you see on TV without the headgear, without the shirts on, those guys actually don't get paid very much until they reach the top tier. And it's kind of like how hockey players don't get paid very much until they're in the NHL, right? So what I always suggest is go through the after writing where you put a penny on and put a penny on if you're a boxer. Um, we put you into the after rankings which you can start boxing matches at young and 11 or even six years old. And once you get up there, you're going to go to the professional championship. And then I'm sure you guys have heard about the Golden Glove, the Golden Glove champion. You also go to the national championship. Once you go to the nationals, that's where you get to get to win the nationals. That's your chance to go to the Olympics. And people don't realize this, but as soon as you go to the Olympics, the amount of sponsorship deals that you can get, you could be a millionaire within two years. So if you go to the Olympics and you have a gold medal at the Olympics, Especially, your first professional fight is going to be, you're going to be making over a million dollars most of the time. All right, thanks. <laughs> okay, um, can you tell us about an experience where you were unsure, but you chose to participate anyway and give your best effort? Yeah, the, the example, um, we have two boxers named Emil and Darcy that box for our club. Um, in Saskatchewan, there isn't very many boxes at all. Our club in Winchester is actually one of the biggest. There's two in Saskatoon that are really bigger than ours. Um, but we had the chance. There was a fellow in our club named Emil who only had 15 or 20 fights, and we sent him right to the nationals. We sent him to the national tournaments, and the way that it works at nationals is there's some people. For example, there's one person in Canada, his name um, is Trip, uh, Tristan Brooks, I believe. He has over 400 amateur fights. He fought over 400 times. So when you hear like professional boxers that say, I'm 30 and 0, or Floyd Mayweather 50 and 0, this boxer has fought over 500 times. He's got 300, 400 wins. And I put one of my boxers in there that had only 20 matches and not all of those were wins. So I was super unsure of whether or not I could even send him into this tournament because he's going to be matched up against people with 100, 200 matches. However, our boxer was so good that he decided to do it anyway. He did end up taking a loss. He lost his first match, but it was 
experience that we would have never been able to get if I said, no, I don't want to go, right? So that's why I always say we might as well try. It's what my rule is. Okay. In your opinion, what makes someone an expert, and do you consider yourself an expert? Um, experts take a lot of time to become. I, I would not say I'm an expert. Um, for me, I wanted to be doing something for 20 or 30 years. Like, um, even my own dad, he was my coach growing up, and I wouldn't even call him an expert. He's closer to an expert than I am. Um, but in order to be an expert, I think you need to know every aspect of your specialty. So whether that's you're a scientist, you're a biologist, you know about the cell, you know about um, you know about the cycle of life, you know the nitrogen cycle, and stuff, stuff like that, right? Um, in Boston, I know a lot of stuff. However, I don't know. For example, how do you prepare for a twelve-round match? I don't know that. However, some boxing coaches do that are experts. Lots of you guys will probably know about Fred Roach, the person who trained uh, Manny Pacquiao of the Philippines. He is somebody I would call an expert just because he's been doing this for 20, 30, 40 years. Okay, um, what do you think failure has to do with success? And also, when did you fail and how did it help you? <laughs> Zero losses, 40 wins, zero losses. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, for me, I put my boxers in against the toughest people, and that's how we get people to the top so quickly. That's why we have the 30 provincial champions that come out of our boxing club, is because we have a lot of wins, but we also have a lot of losses, and losing, losing, or failing isn't necessarily failing. It's, it's super cliche to say, and it's super corny to say, but. I really don't need to learn. And uh, if you quit after a loss, you aren't doing it for the right reason. If you quit after you win, well, maybe boxing wasn't a sport for you. But um, if you ask me, you shouldn't quit after you lose because that just means that, hey, you need to come back. We're going to box the same person in a couple weeks after we train a little bit harder. Um, especially in boxing, it just comes down to training a lot harder than. Um, your opponents in the long run, and you will take losses because you're always going to be making, you're always going to be meeting people that are more experienced than you. Thanks, Tom. I'm going to ask Gwen to come up and ask a question. Hello, my name is Gwen, and are there a few rules for you being a coach? Do you have any of your own? If so, can you tell us some? Yeah, for sure. So, um, thanks, Gwen, by the way. Um, as far as rules go, <laughs> Eli knows my rules are pretty simple. Um, it's the exact same thing as in school. So dress code is the exact same. Um, and then as far as other rules go, um, one of my biggest rules is just having integrity. So I don't like when boxers or people come into my boxing gym and they say, oh, I'm a fighter now, when they've only been coming out for about a week, two weeks kind of thing. Um, not only that, but you also need to show up and make sure that you say that, hey, I want to go to the Provincial Championship, or I want to go to this tournament in the United States. You need to show up every single day in order to make sure that uh, you can make that happen for yourself. And 
Tell us about someone who you looked up to when you were younger. Thanks. Um, I'm now going to open the mic to questions from the floor. Just a couple there on the board if you want to consider those. Um, hello, I'm Breton. And um, in karate, there's like the, the black belts. Is there anything like that in boxing? Hey, Breton. So as far as so there is no formal one where like if you go to Toronto you can't say I'm a black belt boxer. Um there's three levels of boxer, four levels I guess you can say. Number one is recreational. That's where you're doing it just for fun. Um you're playing it kind of like in physics class where you're not doing it to be serious. Um number two would be some knowledge, and that's for anybody between zero and three matches. Um and those are the people that are just starting the competition. And then novice is anyone from 
matches is what we're supposed to say, but everybody calls them fights, right? Uh, and then there's open class, which open class means that you're a very experienced boxer, and I would compare that to brown and black belt, and even like your purple belt in karate. So, yeah, we do have levels, we have novice, open class is what we call them, but it's not the most Thank you. My name is Liam, and who is your favorite pro boxer and why? Hey, Liam. My favorite pro boxer is probably Muhammad Ali. It's not if you ask me, my favorite boxer is Muhammad Ali. It's cliche to say, but as far as Muhammad Ali, I like what he did. I like what he stood for and stuff like that. But uh, Mike Tyson is probably my favorite. Okay, bye. <laughs> um, my name is Aiden, and what is the highest level one of your boxers has reached? Hi, my name is Rainer, and what type of safety equipment do you need? Hey, Rainer. Well, uh, as far as uh, safety equipment, we wear headgear, so those are like the helmets that you see. Um, we also wear hand wraps, which that's basically an unturned scene that looks like gauze almost on the boxer's hand before they put their boxing mitts on. That's to protect the wrist. Uh, the headgear is actually, people think that it prevents concussions. However, with the headgear, lots of people, you actually are at more risk to get a concussion with the headgear on. And the reason for that is because um, it's almost like no one with a helmet or without a helmet. Being with a helmet versus without a helmet, you're going to do a lot more dumb things with a helmet on because you know you're protected. When in reality, when you get punched in the head, even if you're wearing a helmet, it's going to go somewhere and it's going to go right into your brain. That's why I always try my boxers. Um, all of, if there's any of my boxers, I know what Eli is in my class, but I always keep, keep your hands up and make sure that you're protecting yourself with your gloves first because all that helmet is for is to prevent scratches. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Brett, and uh, before you coached boxing, did you do any other martial arts? 
Thank you. Thanks. Um, hey, oh, okay. Sorry. Um, hello, it's Brighton again. And I was wondering, why do you call them boxing teams when there's only one person in a match at once? Okay, thank you. Hi, my name is Addy, and I was wondering, what is cauliflower ear? compete in boxing and if so what are your um accomplishments Lost. 
probably not too bad for losses, but again, I don't really count losses as losses because I did. Don't get it wrong, I lost some, and the some that I won, that I shouldn't have, my boss, my opponent, kicked the crap out of me, to be honest with you. He beat me up, I had a bloody nose, I had a broken nose, I had a black guy, and somehow he raised my hand at the end of it. So, it, it all comes down to how well you think you did, because there's some performances where I think I did completely terrible, and then there's other uh, times where I think I did super good, and I still lost the fight, right? Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, that's our last question from the floor. Um, so we're going to wrap up now. So we're going to wrap up now. Is there anything else you wanted to say? No, but, uh, but I guess the one thing that I would really like to mention, and uh, I'm sure you guys kind of know this, kind of don't, but um, out of all the sports in the world, there's Boxing is actually not one of the biggest, but it's in the top 20. So, um, cycling, for example, has more injuries than boxing. Football has a few more injuries than boxing. Now, football is definitely safe, especially because the coaches are looking out for everyone. But something that I like to say about boxing is there's so many people that can stop a boxing match if it isn't going right. Um, for example, there's a doctor on site, whereas lots of other sports, there isn't a doctor on site uh, besides the field or besides the, any courts or anything like that. In boxing, there's a doctor that's literally sitting right beside the ring, making sure that there's no concussions, and if there is concussions, making sure that they're handled properly. Not only that, but the referee. Um, you guys have all seen the 10 counts where the box goes, the referee goes 1, 2, all the way up to 10. For us, we have an 8 counts, and what an 8 count is, is where uh, basically it, it's just time to rest. It gives you time to say, I took a big punch in the face or something like that, it's a big punch in the body. I'm going to take 8 seconds to just recruit myself, make sure that I can box again. And, there's not as many injuries in the sports as people think. For every for every knockout that you see where somebody goes to sleep or is laying on the canvas, there's about 100 to 200 other matches where that doesn't happen at all, and it's a split decision, unanimous decision, and it's super close. But yeah, I guess the only thing that I would like to mention is it's a lot safer in the sports than you think as well. Um. Thank you for coming, Austin. I hope you have an awesome rest of your day, and we learned a lot about boxing. Thank you to my classmates for the questions, and thank you, listeners. Have a great day, and stay tuned for the next episode. from you. Send your questions, show ideas, or any other feedback to talkingtoexperts at gmail.com.